0: Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today we're going to conclude our virtue series with temperance. So, as the formula has worked very well, we're going to let you start by telling us what temperance is in the eyes of the church, and then we're going to go from there, grounded in knowledge.
1: (laughs) Well, again, uh, the... Four cardinal virtues or human virtues, which uh, really go back to Aristotle and then were taken up in the Catholic tradition or uh, certainly taught to us by the the scholastic Saint Thomas Aquinas and the that whole school of theology but the the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance are uh, kind of cover all of the the human virtues. In baptism, we get kind of an extra boost. We we get a little share in Christ's own prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. They're known as infused virtues. There's an infused grace there that is, is poured into those those areas of our, our hearts. And again, the virtues are like muscles. They're like spiritual muscles that uh, they give us strength to do certain things. So just like physical muscles give us, the capacity to do certain things. A strong man can lift something. He has the ability to do something that a a weak man may not be able to do. Uh, You probably can lift some things that I can't lift, Joe. (laughs) And uh, those uh, virtues enable us to do things uh, that if we don't have them, if we don't build them, we can't do. And they're also like muscles in the sense that the more we use them, the stronger they get. And the less we use them, the more they kind of deteriorate. So We want to keep using our virtues. Now, we don't have to think about, just like we don't have to think about using our muscles most of the time. It's kind of the amazing thing, you know, when somebody is bedridden, they don't realize, even just after a couple of days of not walking at all, of not putting our clothes on, of not you know opening doors, and and using, lifting just real simple things, it's amazing how quickly our muscles deteriorate. We're using Mm -hmm. them all the time, actually. Our physical muscles... And in fact, we're using our spiritual muscles, we're using our virtues all the time, too. It's not uh, so much a matter of of intentionally doing these things. But sometimes, just like weightlifting, we can focus on one or another of them a little bit, just to pay attention. Uh, is there a deficiency here? Is there something I'm not doing here? So temperance, um, I suppose we use that word at least it comes to me that the secular use the world's use of that word might be associated specifically with alcohol we think of the temperance movement that was uh, toward the beginning of the 20th century that's probably the first time i came across that uh, that word in uh, you know in high school history studies or something the temperance movement is about alcohol is about tempering our use of alcohol actually eliminating it in mm. the in the temperance movement but temperance, and we get that sense of it, it's tempering our appetites. We have a certain attraction to things, a hunger for things. Um, so if somebody who really likes uh, alcohol, for example, may have a real hunger for that. And kind of holding it back so that our appetite, so that our hunger doesn't overtake us, doesn't lead us to do things that are ultimately bad, getting drunk uh, or a hunger for, I don't know, some other drug or something getting high, but a hunger for food that overtakes us, that we eat so much in a gluttonous way that we're really overeating, overindulging. Uh, Temperance holds us back. It tempers our our appetite. Um, That would be the case also with other, uh, with maybe sexual lusts or lust for power or lust for goods for material goods a lust for money temperance holds us back in all of those areas and so i just listed a number of kind of sub-virtues of of temperance temperance applied to our sexual appetite is is what we call um, continence or chastity ultimately Uh, temperance applied to our uh, our appetite for food is to prevent the the vice of gluttony is is eating in a temperate way um, or sobriety, I guess uh would be uh, would be part of that temperance in terms of uh, food and drink would also be applied to you know we would talk about fasting and abstinence is an ap- application of temperance to the area of food and drink, so temperance is just uh learning how to hold back some of those appetites because remember the mother of the virtues is prudence that 's being able to recognize the good and then sometimes we have that problem, even knowing the good. And people say this, I know I shouldn't have this box of chocolate. I know I shouldn't uh, drink this fourth beer. You know, I know I shouldn't. Well, why don't you then? Well, because the virtue of temperance isn't sufficiently developed to be able to hold myself back, to say no to myself. That's ultimately what temperance is doing is saying no, learning to say no to myself. And so, um, anyway, I think that's a maybe gets us going. That gives us a kind of sense of the the space in which temperance applies in our in our daily lives.
0: Certainly. So, essentially, at the end of the day, what temperance really is, it's self control and self discipline for those who want to put it into normal everyday terms. So, the million dollar question is: is how do you create temperance around you? You know, some people will join a football team and they'll be forced to have it. You have to show up. You have to put yourself out there and grow. There's a discipline that's essentially forced upon you. You know, things like the military would do the same thing where you're in a regiment and you have to do this, this, and that. But the vast majority of us live in a space where we can essentially do whatever we want. Um... And as long as we don't break any laws explicitly and have to be forced in jail, we can continue down this road of doing whatever we want. So as adults, we don't really have a whole lot of structure in the sense that there's someone overseeing you, forcing you to live your life in your way. You may have a boss that's intense about your work and disciplining you there, But as far as the rest of your life and the decisions therein, there's not normally someone over your shoulder. So what I wanted to take this here was, how do we create that in our own everyday lives? Because you're exactly right. You you do hear everywhere around you, oh, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. And I'd like to to address that because virtue is, it's something we need to grow. Might as well figure out how to do it.
1: Well, just to make a, a quick comment, Joe, about um you know, that you have a you have a nice insight there that about law, that law it actually helps us to grow in virtue. You said if your boss makes you or is standing over your shoulder, you know, then that helps us to uh to do what's right, to do the, the good. So law is meant to provide some constraints to help us. So likewise, you know, you might be real hungry, but you're unlikely to steal something from a convenience store because you know, it's against the law. <laughs> so uh, there, there are different ways that law can help us to form virtue. And that's actually very much the purpose of law is to give a structure around which it helps us to form virtue, helps us to form our prudence, what's right, what's wrong helps us to form a sense of justice, what does each person do, gives us a sense of the good that might be hard to achieve, requiring fortitude or the, uh, the desire that we have to temper and hold back with the virtue of temperance. So anyway, uh, following the law and, and maybe having some household rules, having some company policies, you know, we shouldn't be too bashful about that. We don't want to create a police state either, but, um, you know, there is, a, there is a value, there's a role that, that law plays um also in terms of of temperance how do we apply these things well uh you know recognizing what's good having some accountability and transparency uh, again helps us to have a little bit of self-awareness so that i don't just say to myself i know i shouldn't but rather i say i know i shouldn't and because you know my wife is watching me. I'm not going to. <laughs> so a little bit of accountability and transparency helps us to um, strengthen our our temperance a little bit, to give ourselves some, uh, to make some choices that develop our self-control. And uh, that can be very helpful. Um, you know, a couple of areas, uh, well, one thing I should say is the virtue of temperance To grow in one thing helps us to grow in another thing. That is to say, learning to say no to myself in regard to food and drink will help me to say no to myself in terms of sexual indulgence, or help me to say no to myself in terms of um, following curiosities. That's an interesting point about temperance. Uh, You know, when I develop a habit of, I can look at anything I want to on the internet, and I, I foster that kind of curiosity st. thomas calls it the vice of curiosity where i just say well i, I want to look at this now i want to look at that now i want to look at that now what am i doing i'm just indulging my my desires and so just following everything and and wasting a lot of time in the process and uh, maybe wandering into immoral areas of of the internet and looking at immoral things and or indulging in gossip and conspiracy theories and you know judgments and uh, all these other kinds of things so holding back my curiosity being responsible about that another area of temperance is humility so pride is a kind of excess that we can be driven to indulging thoughts about ourselves indulging self-aggrandizement thinking i'm something more amazing than i really am and and under temperance, we have humility, which is actually seeing myself as I am, seeing myself as God sees me, holding back the kind of megalomania, the self-aggrandizement, the thought that I'm amazing and I can do whatever I want to. So uh, these are all different different areas of, of the virtue of temperance that we can continue to develop.
0: And, and that makes a lot of sense. You, know, you see people who just get lost in their phones and lose the rest of the world you know you could find some cool things on pinterest but it's at a certain point you only need to see so many puppies you know just keep it moving and that would make a lot of sense so i liked what you said there about it's more than just having someone around you you have to be accountable to yourself you need to be actually self-motivated to do this to learn to be better. And I've heard it said many times that as an individual, you either have a motor or you don't. But the way that you're explaining this here is that's not the case. Is You can essentially make your own motor and rev it up or rev it down as much as you want. Going back to your original analogy about muscles. If you're sitting in bed and not using them, they detract, they decline. Whereas if you continue to exercise, you become stronger and faster. So self-discipline inherently has to work the same way. Being a self-starter, being self-accountable. For someone out there who's struggling with this, as there are many of us that are, how do you continue to round the corner whenever you might know what's the right thing, but you just can't? Whether it be, I have been spending all of my non-working time on Pinterest and even some of my working time on Pinterest or PlayStation or whatever your social platform of choice is. So what would the example be to say, hey, do this and you will start to see benefits?
1: Well, you use the word motors and uh, related to the word motor is emotion, and so it's not actually the case uh, that, that we can just sort of rev ourselves up or rev ourselves down, absolutely. So if you don't have any emotion, if there's no passion, uh, virtue all, all depends. Virtue is really a shaping of passion, uh, a shaping of, of emotion, of those motors. Uh, they call them the, the appetites, the concupiscible and the irascible appetites. Our, our appetites of desire and our appetites of resistance so uh, so we have to have some of those appetites. And motivation is a little bit of a different thing. Our motivation, you know, at least in the context of our podcast, we're talking about the motivation to holiness. Uh, I want to have or a motivation of fulfillment. I want to have a meaningful life. I want to have uh, an eternal happiness. I want to have... I want to grow in love, ultimately. I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to, you know, and we can be motivated by other kind of lesser motivations, like I want to be successful. I want to have enough money. I want to have friends. I want to have, so all of these are some motivations. And the fact that I'm, you know, attracted, that I want to eat and that I want to work and that I want to get up in the morning are good things. So temperance is about holding back. It's about when I already have some desire, I already have some attraction, I already have some um, push towards something. It's, it's about holding back and shaping that so that it doesn't overcome me and lead me into overindulgence. So uh, actually generating emotion, generating motivation, that's a, it's a, that's a little bit of a, different, uh, of a different area. In some cases, it's formed by prudence. I see that something is good. I want to choose the good. Uh, now I'm attracted to the good. And then I, you know, maybe it's difficult. So I have to apply fortitude or maybe I'm too attracted to it. I have to apply temperance and kind of hold myself back. But, um, so motivation is, is a little bit of an additional piece and figuring out everybody has kind of a unique motivational structure. People are motivated by, by different, different drives. There's uh uh, a book called uh, Un- Unrepeatable, I think, by uh, Josh Miller and Luke Burgess. And they look at uh, motivational structures and the impact on personal vocation. And it's very interesting. There's an assessment called M-Core, which looks at our core motivations. And uh, anyway, there are uh, some, uh, some interesting things in that direction. But um Applying applying temperance is really shaping our passions. And as we we become more virtuous, our emotions will kind of go along with our, our virtues. So I start to be attracted to the right things in the right amounts. I start to be attracted to the good and have the confidence that I can overcome the obstacles. I start to be attracted to making good decisions and being able to see the good. So our emotions tend to get shaped by uh, our, our use of virtue, by the more we do good, the more we're kind of motivated by the good, and,
0: and the more that we have the, you know, the energy to keep doing good. Perfect. Well, that makes sense. So it, it comes down to passion, it comes down to what are you already interested in doing, and what is there? And hopefully you have the prudence from our last episode to have it geared towards something that is good and well rather than just something that's not, um, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. So we touched upon this a little bit in this cast and a little bit in the last cast. One of the things that in our society that hold that back is... As we mentioned a couple of times here, getting drunk and getting high, you know, at the end of the day, if you're sitting on your couch, just watching TV and getting high and eating munchies, you're not really progressing in anything. You're not really getting that passion going or that motor going in any capacity. So obviously we can't get into this whole big thing of if you need medical attention, obviously do that. But we do know that there's a lot of people out there that struggle in that department. And maybe we've already touched upon the answer here of how to deal with it. But when thinking of those types of people around us or in our lives, you know, what is us as a second party or third party, what could we potentially do to help someone else down that journey of temperance? Um,
1: yeah. It's a. Great question. Um, These things, applying them to real life uh, immediately starts to become very sticky. And so uh, just to observe that, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be able to present uh, all of the teachings of psychology over the last 150 years, which are entirely oriented to your question, you know, and there are different schools of thought and different approaches to these things. And there are as many uh, different situations as there are individuals practically. So just to say, <laughs> there's a lot uh, there. But, uh, you know, a, a few simple pointers, one that we touched on already, is we can help people by holding them accountable, you know, by caring. When, when we see someone who shouldn't be uh, eating so much. And we kind of say, I gosh, I thought, were were you, were you on a diet? I I thought I remembered you saying that, you know, I mean, being gentle about it. We don't need to condemn people or uh, drive people because shame causes us to do all kinds of weird things. So shaming people is uh, generally not a good strategy for uh, helping, helping people to grow. But, Um, Just being supportive, being caring, and uh, sometimes doing something with somebody. It's a little bit like physical muscles. You know, if I help you, like a spotter when you're doing weightlifting, or if we're going to carry something, we carry it together. And that helps somebody to, to grow. When people do physical therapy, they often lean on another person so that they can take their first steps. And then after taking some steps and their legs get a little stronger, they don't need to lean quite as much. So we can apply those things to the realm of virtue also that, uh, you know, just being a helping hand to give somebody a little motivational pep talk, stir up some passion in them, and then they can, you know, help them to shape that with virtue to, uh, in, the, in the right direction. Encourage someone in some cases to, uh, to eat. You know, some people uh, don't eat enough. Uh, and and have that, you know, are, are holding themselves back too much for, for different reasons. So sometimes we have to encourage them that way. Or, you know, certainly not giving bad example. If somebody shouldn't be drinking, well, then maybe we shouldn't be drinking in their presence either and be sensitive to what other people are going through. Um, you know, uh, and we were talking about law a little earlier, you know, having some rules, having some accountability, having some clear boundaries By establishing boundaries, we can really help people to know that they've crossed them and that that's too much, and that reinforces prudence and temperance and in holding back. Um, Giving good example is always a, a helpful motivator, and reinforcing the good is always a very helpful motivator. When someone does order a good amount of food or someone does hold themselves back to you know, to one drink or someone chooses not to go to that party that they would might have gotten high with or hang out with friends that are a bad example. Reinforce that. We can tell people that we're proud of them and that they've done a good job and that that's a hard decision. But they exercised temperance and made a good decision. You know, so those are different ways that we can reinforce people's uh, hearts, reinforce people's virtues and, and decision making to help them uh, get along a good path. And then as we've talked about before, when we start making good decisions, it becomes easier to make good decisions. When we start moving forward in a good way and becoming stronger, it becomes easier to do good things. And so sometimes just helping people to get going or picking them up when they're down uh, can really make a huge difference.
0: And I thank you for giving that practical answer there. And you can see how... Just starting that momentum can carry forward in the many other people around you. And you're doing the right thing. You're helping someone else doing the right thing. And it will just continue to grow and expand. So with that being said, we hope that this has been a helpful cast for everyone out there. We hope that you guys enjoyed the Virtue Series that we just completed. And we will be with you here again next week. Thank you very much for listening and continue to spread the cast.